Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hello. Are you there? Yeah, welcome (laughs) back, everyone, to our our never-ending technical difficulties. (laughs) You can can count on us to be really bad at making this audio work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, yes. Can you hear me? I hear you really well, so I think we're good. Yeah, I can hear you, too. Okay, perfect. All right, guys. Well, we're back. We're excited to be back. I am so... I didn't realize how excited I was for 90 Day Fiance stuff to come back. Yes, exactly. And they really came back with a vengeance because we got so much material, like just all at once. I, I'm still working through the kind of look back episodes, which are like two hours long. Each. I know. I like know. the look back at the specific couples kind of a thing, which I think yeah. is really fun. Although I have to say, I think that some of the people they're choosing to bring back, it's almost like they didn't leave anybody out you know like they're bringing back people like Danielle who really just isn't relevant anymore because she's not in a relationship that's you know 90 day related any longer she's not in any relationship so I I think they might have been a little bit more judicious but I think they know us very well which is that we all just want and want and want like we want everything they throw at us so totally and I don't know if this was available on um the app but um I recorded the show on my DVR and they had an extra, it was three hours. So it was the first what? episode which was two hours. And then they had an hour of an episode called Pillow Talk. Yes. Th- we got you- that on the app. Yes. Oh, okay. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. I thought it looked okay. kind of stupid. Is it worth watching? It's just a little bit entertaining because, so you have Darcy and Stacy. Yeah. And, um, and then you have Alex, Al- Alexi and yeah. Lauren. And Lauren. Yeah. Right. And then you have, um, I don't remember Tarek and Dean. Yeah, I do. Okay, so they're not a couple. They're, they're brothers. And um, Tariq is from, like, Virginia Beach, I want to say. And yeah. he's with Hazel, who was, I would actually say, looking back, one of the darkest, if not the darkest okay. characters in all of 90 Day History. She was the one who literally couldn't afford to keep her son who like, you know, her husband or her ex or the father or whatever had gotten custody of her son because she was so dirt poor in Manila that she couldn't oh. even care for him. So she was literally just out trolling for somebody to pay for, you know, for her to go to America and to bring her son so she could have her son at all. Like it was, it was extremely dark. And so what's funny is Tariq, you know, he falls in love with her online, whatever he goes, his older brother, Dean, who's like, ice cube yes but the opposite of cubed you know like square root Um, he he is like super super suspicious but then what they show in the this like what happened now you know pre pre episode was that dean the brother has now gone and done exactly the same thing except that he's moved to the philippines oh interesting well i totally wish i was watching it with them because yes. they were cracking me up in this yeah, they're, talk they're episode. Yeah, they were super funny. They were really great. And then um, the David and Annie. 
Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's dark. They live in like a storage facility. They still live there? Because I didn't, I mean, because I thought they were getting kicked out of the storage. Oh, no, they got kicked out of the firehouse. Yeah, so they're living in a storage facility, which is just really dark. Yeah, that is dark. I agree. Um, are you cooking? No, I'm mixing up my matcha. Oh. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, everyone. No, no, no. I was like, are you baking? What are you baking? No, I'm baking tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm making bagels, New York style bagels. Oh, nice. Um, for the weekend at the special request of my husband. And then on Saturday and Sunday, I have to bake different birthday cakes for Petey, who's <gasps> turning one. <laughs> Already? Yeah, I know. It's time. It's oh time my really God. You know what? I feel like I've been saying she's eight months for like the past four months, obviously. <laughs> Me too, essentially. Maybe she was. I don't, I mean, I don't oh know. Oh my so God. I so can't we have to it. have, we have to have little birthday parties at my parents and my in-laws. So I have to bake cakes. Like one is on Saturday and one is on Sunday. So it's a big, it's a big baking weekend, but I'm not currently baking. I'm currently whisking my matcha. Oh, nice. Well, I I'm on day four of no coffee. Yeah, what's up with that? You just decided it was, like, giving you anxiety or what? Yeah, I just felt a little bit too, like, I was starting to feel nauseous in the yes. morning, like, after I would have my coffee. Yeah. And, the, and I was just starting to feel, like, really jittery, and it was just not having the desired effects. So I just stopped drinking coffee. And I actually stopped drinking coffee last week, but I was also, but then I started drinking soda, which I never drink really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I just need to get off caffeine. Yeah. So, nobody, I don't think people need caffeine unless they have like migraines, you know, for some people there's sort of a need there for pain relief. But I think that if you can just yeah. wean yourself off it, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. The last couple of days have been really hard. I've gotten really bad headaches, but um, otherwise, like, it's not like I'm, falling asleep in the morning or anything like that I mean it's I I mean I went most of my life without ever drinking caffeine so I only started when I got pregnant with Olivia yeah exactly and so kids are the problem caffeine's the solution <laughs> exactly so now I feel like so I feel better getting off of it but um but it kind of bums me out because it was like my big thing was to go down to the cafe and work at this local cafe and I mean I still go there but then I feel bad because I'm like not good at coffee well, you should still just go and get something else because there's so no, many I do. Like, great I things do. you can get. And the place the place down by me has like smoothies. So I've yeah. been getting these like, gummy smoothies there and stuff. But no, that's awesome. Fun, fun. All right. Well, so start. I would actually like to start with Seeking Sister Wife. Oh, okay. Well, just to get it out of the way because it it sort of predates in time you know, what happened with 90 day, like, we're just gonna, I think we could just tie that off. And then just be done with it. Because I was absolutely blown away by what ultimately occurred in Seeking Sister Wife. All right, so I'm gonna let you take lead on Seeking Sister Wife, because I don't have many notes on it. Well, and I'm not gonna go like, I'm not even gonna go couple by couple, because I think the just only generally. really interesting, yeah, the only interesting, there are just a couple of, like, takeaways, basically, mm -hmm. which is obviously number one, well, I'll start with the, what, what is sort of the smaller one in theory, but in the reunion episode, which, by the way, they didn't get a reunion last year, so clearly oh. they're moving up in the world um, as far as the network is concerned, and I agree. I mean, I think they really 
they really upped their game this season. So in the in the reunion, basically, you have Paige and Bernie kind of blow up where they have Brandy, who was their potential sister wife during the season. Right. And 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 the thing with Brandy that was interesting, I think, during the season was that she seemed really nice and really great and really perfect for the family. And then Paige really just like kind of elbowed her out of the lane. Like Paige just yeah. couldn't actually handle the reality of the relationship and so she it seemed like she you know from the edit it seemed like Paige really just kind of ran her off a cliff um yeah. as far as the relationship goes but then it was amazing for her to come back with sort of with a vengeance in the reunion and you get this backstory that she just leaks like a sieve which is that Bernie like really aggressively um kind of pursued it sounds like sex with her on the very first weekend that they were there when her daughter was there with her supposedly he took her out into the backyard and he bent her over like he was actually like really going for it and of course making out with her and groping her and he it was so funny because before they did like the classic kind of Jerry Springer thing where they surprised Paige and Bernie with the fact that Brandy was even at the reunion and the Uh. look on Bernie's face (laughs) <laughs> when they said that she was there was I mean it really it really told the whole story so that to me as a viewer for some reason I really was watching his face and I really latched on to just the look of utter horror that mm-hmm. did not match the situation as we understood it at the time which was right. like oh he had liked this woman and then his wife kind of didn't or or decided you know not to pursue it and so he was disappointed no this was not the look on his face the look on his face was like the cows were coming home and sure enough, Brandy lets, you know, and actually I I'm interested to know whether Brandy intended to say any of this because it really only came up because she was asked directly. Uh, She was asked directly. Did anything happen between you or something like that? Well, I mean, Um, by the, who asked her the producer, the host, the host host. of of the reunion. I don't know because she said it specifically was off camera um, you know, I do think that they all managed to hide these things. I always wondered last season because Dimitri cheated on his wife with the super young right. flight attendant that they were, you know, on their first day with and he bangs her right. and that all happened off camera, but you got this like, you know, one of those blackout screens and the text that says, oh, they met up later. And so, and then Dimitri comes clean to actually the next day. And I always wondered whether, you know, how the producers found out, you know, whether he told them, whether he got caught, whether he even would have told Ashley if, if they didn't the know. show had not sort of picked See, up on it. I kind of feel like if they're, when, when you sign up for these shows, you're kind of signing away your life for that, I agree. And for I don't that think period people realize, of time. And but even I don't though, think they realize it to the extent that it's the case. And they might not, but like to the point where some things that are not on camera, I, I don't know. It's, it could be just that they just thought, okay, the date's over. Let's put our camera equipment away, but mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and follow you home. And then they end up following him to her house. And then he's in there for however long he's in there. And then he and comes. And I just don't know. And I really they might have we knew. chatted with him afterwards, but they didn't have all the cameras set up or anything. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know whether it's not on camera because logistically they couldn't get a camera or they're not on camera because they just weren't there but i i have a feeling they just know everything because i, I feel like producers orchestrate so much shit that 
you know i mean i really honestly don't think dimitri would have told ashley if he um if he if everybody didn't know i agree with you just because of the way it came out and the fact that it was so clearly not in line with the rules they had set up for themselves yeah he's shady um, too he is shady af so shady he's so shady so anyway so 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 brandy you know drops this bomb and then you know Paige and you know Paige has like the classic cliche woman response which is she just blames brandy she calls right. her a liar you know my husband wouldn't touch you yada yada and of course what's his name is sitting there guilty as homemade sin i mean he yeah. is just caught red-handed and they really i think ultimately gloss over it except that when the men all take him outside to kind of like handle him and the women take her outside clearly this was orchestrated by the producers i we saw a very dark side of whoever that guy the bald guy i think his name is jeff Mm -hmm. jeff of the you know sharice oh yeah 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 he had this very weird moment where he was dismissing this female producer with this like awkward wink um and it was very Don Draper uh and it made me very uncomfortable because he comes off as like such a nice guy and you know pretty egalitarian not like overly masculine sort of when it comes to his relationships with his wife no no sort of like no sort of obvious misogyny or anything and and here it really you really had this moment where you were like whoa this guy might be a this might guy might not be who he appears to be well you got to kind of wonder like what type of man goes into goes for these kind of situations yeah like goes for these sort of like multiple why polygamist sort of relationships like i mean it's i don't think it's obviously not every man (laughs) um seeks that but then it also talk it says a lot about the guy who wants this kind of uh, arrangement and then it says a lot about the women who are okay being in that sort of arrangement and i know a lot of it falls on like they really clutch to religion some of them do you know and they really hold tight to this like religious aspect of it but i mean it really comes down to your who you are you know i, I agree mean, i am and not it's that so person. unfair <laughs> it's so it's so deeply unequal as far oh, as the, the gender the genderedness of it it's like why does why is there one man and multiple women why do the women need to share the women who are also the ones who are having all these children that these men are claiming they want and it's part of their whole plan i mean it's very it's funny because the one vanessa's sister calls it a pyramid scheme and in a way she's actually right it's like the men are kind of getting these women to join their their groups you know with this promise of really equality that there's no way actually exists when you have such an imbalance of the genders you know yeah no absolutely it's very strange I just think it's and and I it doesn't necessarily surprise me like it wouldn't surprise me if like I mean I know this is a different show but on uh Sister Wives uh Cody yeah because he's got I mean over the years I've seen some like darkness out of him too totally he's just now outnumbered yes but i agree and he married these four women who are pretty have found themselves over the years and have found their voices but um and and he also wants a lot of them i mean like janelle works and stuff and so it's it's a very odd kind of setup but he's also got his own like 
issues too. Like you see kind of a dark, angry side to him. I agree. Pop up. And so it doesn't totally surprise me about Jeff, but like this whole, I don't know. I just feel like, I I mean, you have to, especially for like Bernie and Paige, like it was her idea to bring this other woman in. So he's not totally like bought into this whole like religious thing where a lot of the other people are. Or, you know, this whole spiritual thing. He's just kind of like, yeah, Paige thought it'd be a good idea to have a sister wife. So I could see how for him, yeah, sure, he wants to try to, like, have sex with this woman. Yeah, I mean, those two are just so not on the same page. And so, you know, you have to wonder, you have to wonder what's going on there. I mean, I almost start to wonder if Paige came up with this idea because either consciously or subconsciously, she knows he doesn't actually want to be monogamous with her. Yeah. So if it's just this way that she's coming up with in her mind to Justify work with, it. yeah, to work with this like natural proclivity where she's worried that ultimately he is going to cheat on her and blow up their marriage or he's going to leave her for another woman. And so I think that it's just, I don't think it's coming from a, a genuine place of, right. you know, religious sort of scripture, the way she's, it clearly is with that Mormon family. I mean, oh, yeah. come on. She's, she's accommodating him. She's accommodating. I think she is. So that she doesn't have to get a divorce or doesn't get a get left so I felt very sorry for her I also felt really disappointed in her that she you know like I said that she fell back on this like cliche blame the woman thing where of course just like with Dimitri and that poor flight attendant it's like these women are coming into someone else's marriage they're outnumbered by people who are already entrenched in a lifestyle and that brings me of course to Dimitri to the Snowdens where you find out later, you know, at the end of the reunion episode and and actually, of course, the news had broken in real life that Vanessa left them after one year. And I couldn't, it couldn't be more clear to me what was going on there, which was that they just ramrodded their crazy new age, you know, like Mm -hmm. lifestyle choices, like their veganism or whatever the fuck and the alkaline diet onto this woman who was at an obvious disadvantage because she's the outsider coming in. She's the interloper. So she has to mold herself to them instead of the other way around. And I thought it was so fascinating how the Suchin Pak, who I thought was actually a very good hostess, the host, she asked Dimitri, and this was before anything came out about Vanessa leaving the family. I'm sure Vanessa had not yet left the family at the time the reunion was taped. The host asked Dimitri, you know, we all saw... Vanessa having to do the alkaline diet and having to give up meat and all these things. What, what changes did you, Dimitri, make in your lifestyle right. to accommodate Vanessa? And he, he had nothing. He had absolutely nothing. He was like, oh, well, I had to learn how to communicate with her and da da da. But no. of course, that wasn't the question. The question was outside of the, the normal bounds of relational, you know, you know, compromise, learning how to be in a relationship with a person. What, aside from the relationship itself, did you actually do to accommodate Vanessa? Things like dietary restrictions or clothing or whatever the hell. And he had nothing because they had just molded this woman. They had just forced the square peg into the round hole. And of mm-hmm. course it didn't work. And it really makes me think even less of this notice. Oh, yeah. They're- that, you know, that they, they claim to be so thoughtful about this and that, you know, such free thinkers and everybody should live the way they want. But actually, it's that everyone should live exactly the way they think. And I I actually think Ashley's a little bit like Paige to a more Mm -hmm. subtle degree where she knows Dimitri would have cheated on her ages ago. Agreed. But that she they've adopted this like kind of accommodation lifestyle Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. say, well, we'll just get another 
sister wife and she's put rules around it you know i mean they put boundaries where you can't sleep with them until they become that he broke like yeah. with a plum of course because that's i mean that's the whole thing right because if he was really strictly into this whole you know spirituality thing that she's clearly adopted he wouldn't have it wouldn't have occurred to him to do that no because it wouldn't have been about sex but of course it is because all these men, really, except for that one Mormon guy, just seem like dogs to me. Yeah. I think the Mormon guy, and he sort of actually came out and said this. I think he was being totally genuine. He sees this lifestyle as something that's difficult, something that's more difficult than monogamy. But he's, I, I think, sort of being self-sacrificing in the name of the afterlife. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. the rest of these guys are just trying to bang multiple women. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree. I think that's, like, it's just gross. It was, it was an amazing end to me, and I and I really liked the way Vanessa put it in her sort of like farewell Instagram post announcing the split. She was like, "Look, I had I had an a, I had a an inner voice all along telling me that this wasn't going to work, and I think that the inner voice was very clearly, you know, you can't just change everything about yourself to be with other people. Like they right. have to love you as you actually are, and they didn't. They just want." Essentially, it's exactly as Ashley put it at their little goddess party. They want to have sort of a a an army, you know, you know, mm-hmm. like like they they. It's almost as if they want to empower their way of being in in the world, you know, right. by just adding people to it. But of course, their way of being with the alkaline diet and all the crap is crazy, and and it's never going to be anything more than a minority way of living, you know, right the and I'm talking specifically about their lifestyle choices like being right. vegan and 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 being polyamorous for that matter is still obviously the minority yeah so oh, I, I'm like sure. very creeped out by their sort of like it's almost cult-like with that. yeah and I and I feel like the thing is I I except for maybe the winders with Colton and Tammy and Sophie mm-hmm. you know the really and and maybe even Jeff and Sharice and Vanessa maybe even for them too everybody has to buy into it yes and I don't really see that with Ashley and uh and Dimitri and I don't really see that with uh well obviously with Paige and Bernie but like you know you have to both really really want this lifestyle well that's what I don't like about it is that it's always the women making these sacrifices for their men you know, it's never the other way around. And that's why I think ultimately the polygamous lifestyle where it is one man and multiple women is never going to be anything other than, you know, blatantly misogynistic at base. Right. You know uh, what I mean? Yes. All right. So, was so I'm any... done with them. I just, I thought okay. it was an amazing season and I really just was super into it. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. All right, so should we move on to uh, <laughs> 90 Day Fiance Happily Never After, as I like to call it? Definitely. I'm okay. so excited. Okay, this one is called Episode 1, After the Dust Settles, and this aired on the 19th. Um, well, the first part aired on the 19th. God, we're, we don't even, I mean, it's so complicated. Yeah, so we'll dates, just go for the whole it yeah just, don't worry about it it just started let's just put it that way it just started yes um okay so we start out with jane ashley and um 
we kind of get like a little bit of a history history of each of these people before they like bring them out and and talk mm-hmm. about, about them. But you know, Jane Ashley, they're still fighting over this fucking Tinder thing. I'm so over it. Like, yeah, but I, he's not taking responsibility. That's but he has, though. I think he has. Like at this no, point, no, because he still makes excuses. He said in the middle of the episode, "Oh, you know, I came here for her, and then she didn't pay attention to me, so I had to get attention elsewhere." I mean, if that's not making an excuse, I don't know what is. Yeah, I know, but like there are other parts of the episode where he's like, "Okay, I'm sorry." Like. I'm sorry. And all she keeps wanting to hear is like, well, why did you do it? She's asked that like a million times and she even says that, but he's given her the answer. That's he's true. told her I was bored. I got on Tinder. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Like she needs to either accept that and move on and forgive him or she needs to just cut loose and like move and get rid of him because it's like painful for everybody. And he it needs is- to get a better stylist why is he wearing as dean said later a picnic table um a picnic he was wearing a picnic tablecloth well what's annoying to me about them is that you know in sort of in real time like discussing this they broke up like as soon as the season started to air so it's like really now we have to sit here for an entire season and watch like the slow death that really honestly isn't going to offer us anything besides what we already saw. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it'll turn out that he cheated again. It's like, okay, but it's not interesting. No. It's, it's, it's all old news. So they really shouldn't have had them back. same fight. It's just like, okay, move on. Like, it's just getting old. Like, I was so bored listening to them. And I, I get, was too. And I ha- I'm, like, losing sympathy for her. Like, I don't, I really don't even, like, feel bad for her anymore. I agree with you. She's like, it's so old. It's like, you guys have been now dealing with this for how long? Like, either decide you're not going to forgive him and kick him out, or decide you're going to forgive him and then shut up about it. Like, I, I don't agree more. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. Annoying. They're both annoying. They kind they of deserve are. each other. And then they let her, she lets him off on the side of the road. And it's just like so dramatic for no reason. Yeah, it was it was really really dumb. I think that at this point they might just be sort of pandering to the cameras and try. I, I bet you that they really actually broke up and then they sort of agreed to have this fake, you know, quasi reconciliation in order to have another season of the show. I mean, that's that's honestly what I think because I they they these two are two people who are not really together in any real way. And I mean, can we just talk about the boob job? Holy boob job! What oh my boob god! Job? On Ashley. She got a boob job? Her boobs are enormous. But they already were. No, they were not. If you look back at the beginning when she first met Jay and like the first part of it, she had like decent sized boobs for her tiny frame. But Hmm. now they're enormous. I never noticed that. Oh my God. I could not stop staring at her boobs. I was like, holy shit, man. You just totally got a boob job. That's really funny that you say that because my sister-in-law texted me this morning. My sister-in-law, who I really did not think did watch this show or would ever watch this show. And I guess for some reason, she ended up watching it. And she wrote me this morning, oh, my God, what's with the boobs on this show? I know. And I wrote her back. I was like, I literally never noticed that. And now you're the second person saying it. Oh, my God. And now, okay, so after we finish with Jay and Ashley, we'll talk about another boob job. Okay, I look forward to it. Okay, because so, I don't even I, I still don't know what you're talking about. Are we done with Jay and Ashley? Yeah, I hope so. Okay, Chantal and Pedro. <sighs> she, you know, speaking of someone who has like the perfect figure, by the way, 
Yeah, but her boobs are like up in her face. She totally got a boob job. And yes, she had breasts before when she, and I do believe like when you gain a little bit weight, your boobs get a little bit bigger. This is like, so she is tiny and, you know, and she is voluptuous and everything, but like she totally got a boob job. I totally disagree. I do not. Oh my God. I always noticed how ridiculously large her boobs were in comparison to like her waist, for example, like her waist to hip to butt ratio is ridiculous. And that's why I said she has the perfect figure to me because she is so curvy, but she is so thin. Yeah, but um, dude, and I really don't like, think it's any different. Oh, I do. I feel like her boobs are right up in her face now. And you know who else? Yeah, noticed? but that could just be a wonder bra. Like that could just be a style decision of, oh, I'm going to start, you know, pushing them up more. You know what I mean? Maybe. But oh, my God. You know who else agrees with me? Annie, Annie of Annie of and David. <laughs> Why she said something about it? Yes, she's like, oh my god, all the boobs on this, all the boobs, this one and that one, all these big boobs. Wow, everyone's noticing this except so me. So did Alexi and Lauren. Lauren was like, holy shit, holy boobs. Okay, but Lauren has really small boobs, so. right? Which is what she was comparing them to. She's like, oh my god, all these women got boobs. I'm like, right. Well, I, I mean, I believe you. I just didn't personally notice it. I know. So I'll I just know. leave it at that. I'm just catty like that, you know? Well, it's not catty if it's true. <laughs> I just didn't I just didn't notice. I mean, you're not, like, calling them out. You're just, you think something I know. occurred. I mean, I literally wrote it down. I'm like, what is up with the new huge boobs? It's but did insane. you draw boobs or write no. out boobs? No. Oh, God, no. Because <laughs> that's the real out. test. <laughs> I wrote it out. Um, so but, she, but as far as Chantel and Pedro go, yes. um, I, I really don't think that they're going to make it as a couple. I don't either. And you know, it's it, for a lot of reasons. So they've been married exactly. for two and a half years. I mean, her family is terrible. His yeah, family, terrible. his family's not great either, but like no. that whole thing with, so when they were just showing the flashback of Chantal talking to his mom and his sister that was a tough cut because she totally misunderstood the sister she did the, the sister, sister said punta and she thought she said puta. puta right and then she's like did you just call me fucking bitch and the sister's like uh yeah the sister didn't understand what she was no saying. and so then and, it- and her tone was so aggressive that the sister sort of shut down and then it becomes this i mean Chantel was in the wrong there except that it was clearly a genuine misunderstanding yeah but she just took it to another level and she then did take it to another and level. then that was what they were fighting about when the sister came to visit and mm-hmm. they were sitting at the table because she's like no well you called me uh, uh, a slut or whatever and the sister's like no I didn't you're lying I didn't say that and she's right she didn't say that but, but they should have she- both have seen the, the old season by that well, point I- and realized what happened that's what's weird to me it's like they, I didn't, feel like they it's didn't bother so to watch it weird i mean i hope that chantal feels stupid after watching it now because i think she, she should does. yeah but i think she, she does well she doesn't act like it i mean i she's still in this like place where she i mean he's right she blames him for everything and that and it really is all about well my family is more important than your family yeah i agree i think chantal learned that from her family oh for sure and it's like you know she keeps telling him like oh you want me to move away from my family he's like hi i'm here (laughs) yeah but he he was stupid and i think he i think he acknowledged that it was a stupid idea from the get-go 
that they would be able to sort of transplant themselves to a new place and have all the problems go away. You know, I think he realized that at the end of their trip. To Savannah, oh, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. we move here and our problems just come with us. So there's really no point. Right. I mean, I, I get it. And I and I do understand that because I do feel like it's true. But it's a lot of it's because she can't just let the shit go. I don't even know why she agreed to go look in Savannah if the whole time she was going to be bitching about wanting to go back and live in Atlanta. I think she's a people pleaser. I mean, I think that she's just someone who has a really hard time saying no. She has a hard time in confrontation. And so she probably get. and I think it's, it's the case with her family as well, where she doesn't keep them in check at all. She just kind of tells them what they want to hear. She tells Pedro what he wants to hear and ultimately ends up very unhappy. And ultimately the people around her end up fighting with each other when really I think she's totally failing at facilitating these relationships yeah and but the way she's do going about it i mean she's kind of she's totally a selfish bitch in my opinion i'm just gonna say it well aren't we all um to a degree but like she's just well the way that they're portraying her and the way she is portraying herself it's a bad look i mean i i don't love pedro but i really don't like chantal well i have to say i think that everyone in this whole extended family is not exactly working with a full deck and and I and again and you know me I don't say that in a in a mean way it's just the way Chantel speaks so slowly and with no affect and the way her mother obviously her mother's malapropisms like things are about to get more stupider etc yeah um, I really just think these are sort of unsophisticated people who are not able to look with any nuance at all on what are like classic family problems. I mean, everybody has problems with their in-laws, come on. But if you have a complete inability to look at anything with nuance or introspection or just kind of a basic level of sophistication and intelligence, you're gonna have a problem because these are are kind of sophisticated issues. These like relational, cultural, you know, things we all deal with. And the smartest people in the world have problems with their mothers-in-law, right? Yeah, no, I agree. And Chantel ain't the smartest you know, girl in the world. Not to don't, be mean, but don't tell her not. that. <laughs> I think she knows that. I don't. Oh, I don't, think I don't she know. Claims she, to be like a Mensa. No, but I. She definitely comes off like I'm obviously like the shit. She thinks she's right. She thinks she's right. She thinks her shit does about stink. everything. Yeah, which is interesting. I guess maybe her parents just really spoiled her. I'm not really sure how she got this kind of sense of of superiority that she has with pedro um can we talk about how the mom looks like jack hay jack hay from sister sister from i guess so maybe but is she from sister sister i just remember there being this woman or two, two, sister sister see and i'm gonna date myself because i'm thinking of 227 i don't even know what that is it was with regina king her first show Jack Hay. Yeah, I, I I don't know what that she is, but I like believe you. Jack Hay. She has a very very recessed hairline. Yeah, but she looks like that. A... I think she. I I bet you. I bet you. She's gonna come back next season with like a completely like a Teresa Giudice ultra low hairline. Oh, maybe. That's my. I'm just gonna lay the gauntlet on that one. Yeah, but she just totally reminds me of this actress. It's so funny to see her because I'm just like. I don't know. They all are hot-headed. Well, I will say this. Pedro started that fight with River. Because River hit that stupid little, like, 
you know, paper mache lamp, yeah. but it wasn't going anywhere near anyone. It was more like if someone hits a wall because they're frustrated, but which I also under- is not okay. I couldn't understand what River had said that made Pedro angry. River River was essentially defending his mother, I think, at that point, because basically Pedro wanted Chantel to switch seats with his sister so that the sister was next to him and Chantel was on her other side, I believe. And then, and then Chantel's mother took issue with that. And then the sister and I think Pedro started sort of pointing their fingers and speaking harshly towards Chantel's mother. And then River like stood up and he was like, don't talk to my mom like that kind of a thing. And that was the real kind of match. I thought River said something. I thought River said something about the sister. No, nothing crazy. He was really just saying like, don't talk to my mom like that kind of a thing. It is my recollection. And and he did hit that little lamp. Yeah, yeah. But, he, but it didn't hit anyone. It didn't come anywhere close to hitting anybody. It was just sort of a sign of frustration. And Pedro responds by going all the way around the whole table. So he had, well, lunging across the table and then going all the way around it. So he had all that time to sort of like premeditate what he right. was doing. But and you then have- he just beats on, on River, who's the tiny human being, by the way. Oh, he's not tiny. He's tall. He's very thin. Okay, but I just have to say that you we have to know that this fight is not about just what happened at that dinner. Like, this is like a long time coming and like much frustration because her family well, of course, sucks. Of, of course, but the fact that Pedro laid his hands on someone, as Chantel puts it, really is crossing the line. I mean, that's the crossing the line in a normal, in, in any relationship is when someone actually hurts somebody else physically. I mean, Pedro I was know. completely 100% in the wrong for doing that. That doesn't mean that everyone else is right. It just means that that one thing that yeah. he did was very wrong and very serious. Yeah, I think just think that they need to, well, there's a lot of things they need to do, but. But I don't I, think they're going to make it. I re- They're not. Yeah, I mean, I think they may not. an impasse. Yeah, and they might be. Um, I just think that it's crazy when, I mean, when you choose, and this is the problem with the way things kind of went down, is when you choose, you know, a new partner, because I see this all the time. When you choose your spouse and you decide to have a family with that person, that's Mm -hmm. your new family. Exactly. You know, and that's your nuclear family. That is your nuclear family. And they come, they have to come first. And of course you care about your parents and you care about, you know, and your spouse cares about their parents and their siblings and, you know, all the extended family, of course they matter and they're important. But like at the end of the day, the bottom line is you are a hundred percent with the person that you chose to make this new family with. And so I think her dependence really on her parents and her Her family of origin yeah is really kind of he's kind of right in the sense that like she needs to really stick by him in a more um assertive way than i agree that that's that's why i said i think she's ultimately failing at bridging the gap that that's always going to be there, that right. always is there, frankly, well, because between she's blaming a new him. spouse. Yeah, she's just blaming him. She's not acknowledging what they've done. She's not really dealing with the their wrongdoing because they've all done wrong here. Every mm-hmm. single one of them, except maybe the sister, has like done seriously wrong by Pedro, um, and she's she's not she's not refereeing essentially. No. Which she, even though no one wants to be a referee between their spouse and their parents or their family, everybody actually is. So right. you you just you have to. 
you know, and, and it's a, I think it's a lifelong issue. That's why I was saying earlier, I think it's a sophisticated, nuanced issue, this particular relationship between family of origin and new nuclear family. It's always a problem. And you need people in those situations to be nuanced and intelligent in their approach. And if they don't, if they aren't, then a lot of times the marriages don't work. And that is what, probably one of the reasons the divorce rate is so high. Yeah. Because there's just this failure to properly navigate that transition from one family to another. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we see that with Colt and Larissa. Exactly. <laughs> um, of course you do. Yeah. So should we start talking about them? Or are you still? Yeah. So they, they fall into this category that I brought up earlier of oh, why yeah. are they even on the show? Because in real life, we are so far past them. I mean, when you and I were in Vegas, and I kept trying to put this together in terms of the timeline, when you and I were in Vegas, he was selling himself for Valentine's Day, I believe, as like a date. Yeah. So when is all this happening that she, I mean, it's almost like they just went and, and, and dug up old footage and that they didn't air last time that they like saved for the next season, but that in real time, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's really weird. This is I don't all... like it. I don't like how they're not being clear about the timeline because they've been broken up for so long in real life. Yeah, the timeline it's is- not a... like, It's not like- um, uh, Ashley and Jay, who just broke up in real life, maybe two weeks ago, then it makes more sense that they're on this season. But do you see what I'm saying? Like to have a couple that broke up in real life so long before this season was even discussed is just really, it's, it feels manipulative. Yeah, I guess so. I just think that they, um, they're, I mean, they're talking about it in terms of the, her trial. So the yeah, timing is around, I don't remember when her trial was. Yeah. And maybe it was just pushed so far out from the time they got married this sort of time that all this was actually happening in terms of her arrest that they had to do it this way I just don't like it I think it's weird I don't like watching this like post-mortem of this couple who's so fucking terrible and we know they're gonna break up and now we're just watching it's kind of like Ashley and Jay like we're watching I think they're something... just showing you like what went down it's gratuitous yeah which of course is great I mean I, we all love that but right. it's gratuitous so by this point, they've been married for four months. She has her own cat. To add to the fucking Menagerie. zoo. Talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, she definitely became like a member of that family when she got her own cat. And then I love how her cat's like mean to all the other cats. I know. And it's acting out her will. I know. It hates all the other cats. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, it's the Annabelle of cats. Um, and Colt, Debbie is you know she's got her new little hairdo debbie Uh, yeah debbie needs to move out i i find it extremely odd i think the only reason debbie's living there is because she's worried about colt like she literally wants to protect colt i think she's miserable living there i don't think she's living there for her own own purposes quite frankly i think everybody's miserable living there and i think that she um this is a total like 100 percent case of you need to like choose your new family, your nuclear, your new nuclear family and, Mm -hmm. and say goodbye to the family of origin. And I don't mean that in like a never see you again sort of way, but like definitely move out of my house sort of way. Well, cut the cord. Well, you know, it's really interesting because like, you know, my mom used to tell me stories about her in-laws, you know, my, my grandparents and they came from another country and, they didn't love my mother 
and not I shouldn't say they my my grandmother didn't want love my mother and I love your mother I know I do too your mother's like my hero (laughs) and they she would complain all the time about my mom and my mom couldn't do this right my mom couldn't do that right my mom couldn't do anything right and my mom when she got pregnant with my little sister she told my dad hey I will leave you with these kids and you can stay here with your mom and your dad, but I will not continue living with them. Like mm-hmm. I, I will divorce you if you leave them because they were living with us at the time. And, yeah. and it, it was more out of like, they came from another country. They didn't have very many options. Like they had to live with us. But by that time, like my parents could afford to buy them another house. And I mean, when I say buy them another house, it was not in this real estate market. It was like they bought them a $50,000 house because in the 70s, that's how much they were in Sacramento. I'm sure. Oh, nice. So they got them a house and they moved out. But it was because, you know, my mom was just like, no, we are the family. And it's important that we have our family. And your mom is bringing negativity to it and it's not making me happy and it's bringing turmoil and so that's the appropriate thing that needs to happen I mean Colt needs to do that he needs to kind of and I thought that they had kind of decided this at the end of their season was like or at the tell-all or wherever whenever it was when like she needed to she even understands she needs to go out and like meet other friends and have other experiences i mean staying in that house can't be great for anybody she's basically well, she an has indentured to drive, servant she has to drive larissa around she's clearly doing the cooking and the cleaning although they argue about that i'm telling you I she's mean, like a servant she is seriously like a servant i don't fault debbie i think debbie's trying to take care of colt and i think debbie knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that the marriage isn't going to work so i think she knows that she's not really hurting the situation by interfering in whatever way she ultimately is in the relationship, if, if you can understand what I mean. She's just trying to protect him from this, like, car crash. No, I get it. It's just kind of like, you know, it's it. if you eliminate the person that continues to be the scapegoat, it, it sort of forces that the real issues to come out. You know what I mean? Like Larissa likes to say all the time that it's because of Debbie. It's because of Debbie. It's because of Debbie. Debbie lives here. She's making my life hell. She's the one ruining our marriage. Okay. Well, let's remove Debbie from the situation. Now is your marriage perfect? No, but at least it would get her out of her stupid loop of, you know, like the blame because Debbie's not doing herself any favors by being the interloper there and continuing to be in that, in that situation. She Mm -hmm. just, you know, she's just making herself the scapegoat. And I agree with that. So I think getting, removing her from the situation is, I think it would just help in that, in that sense. Cause then there's nobody to blame, but the two idiots and they both are really idiots. I mean, Larissa doesn't even make any sense. Like, I'm sorry. It's just so dumb. The flirt, like, because Colt is a flirt. Are you fucking kidding me? Have you seen him? Well, it's, I think at this point, the, the, the real issues are surrounding the arrest. Like, I think everything else is kind of on, on autopilot. And right. so, you know, I think that their relationship is completely untenable, even aside from the domestic violence issue. And now you have this very serious allegation um, and with very serious consequences for her. So I think I think what's really going on here is Colt is waiting to see 
whether she gets convicted, whether she gets deported, and whether he just can sort of wash his hands of the whole thing. I think he doesn't feel like he can abandon her midstream. Well, you he know. Can't. Yeah, so I think he's just waiting to see what actually happens. And then ultimately, I believe he intends to leave her. Regardless. Oh, for sure. I think, and I think they all know that. So yeah. they're all kind of in this... This, limbo um, this limbo yeah exactly right it's like purgatory of waiting for the state to sort of finish its long you know arduous process so that they can actually figure out how they're all going to extricate themselves from this mess because it is just an unmitigated disaster it's totally a relationship crazy. well it and it just seems so stupid that like colt would tell her that like he didn't say anything to the police and yeah, that, that she believed that because the police okay so i know in california if you if anyone physically if there's any sort of physical battery and i know battery sounds very intense and like a horrible but it's like any basically contact any touching any touching in a heated argument or whatever and the police get called if you tell the police you know well, she pushed me or, you know, I, or if you admit it and you say, I pushed him away from me, if you mm-hmm. admit to any touching, you're going to get arrested for domestic violence. They may that's later right. drop the charges against you because they may but realize, it's automatic. but it's automatic. I mean, that's, if you call the police and that happens, like you can't undo that, but that, nope. that the state takes over at that point and you don't have a choice. So the fact that she was arrested, obviously somebody had to say, that there was physical contact otherwise the court the or otherwise the police would have just left and then interestingly i believe there was an, a, an additional call like a whole additional um incident because they were both colt and larissa both took to social media with like pictures of themselves sort of bloodied um oh, and there was a claim that. there was a claim <laughs> that larissa larissa's injuries were self-inflicted because it was really the same story where she had scratched him or she had done something and drawn blood and she knew this time because she understood the law better that the cops are going to come and arrest her so she went sort of into her own room and like scratched up her own face or something in order to at least be able to claim self-defense or something like that and what's weird about that is that it sort of seems to have gone away yeah maybe it's because they both had blood or but i thought i remembered reading that the cops concluded her injuries were self-inflicted that could have been it i have no idea i mean she's not a very sophisticated person well she's not a stable person i mean what my belief is that she's mentally ill and that's why i myself personally place a lot of the onus on colt for all of this because you know he seems to be at least a sane person um and he probably should have realized much earlier than he did that she is you know probably disturbed in some way yeah um can we talk about the camo lazy boy that he's sitting on oh my god and i thought they went and bought a couch like what was that i could not even handle it i mean that was the ugliest piece of furniture i have ever seen he is so weird and he's he his like way of being very like calm and silent and not engaging is is very weird it's pretentious i mean it's almost like he's saying oh i'm not going to lower myself to this sort of human drama even though it's his own mother and his wife you know yeah he's at the center of it so bizarre it's so annoying Ugh. i agree he is just the definitely the worst yeah he's definitely the worst all right so should we move on to another train wreck 
Yeah. Um, so the, Nicole and Azan. So this, there's always that one couple in every single season where it's just like, uh, you. It's almost like it's so hard because there's this little girl, and she and she's is, so cute. She's so cute, and she's just her mother is such a fucking nightmare, and I just think this whole thing is so screwed up. I hate that she makes him call that she makes May call Ozan daddy. Yeah. I just think that's so fucked up. It's um, hard to watch. It's very hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing is just so stupid. You know, I mean, he's clearly taking her for a ride. You know, she moved, she went to Morocco. They decided to move to Morocco because his K-1 visa was denied. She gets there. They end up not getting married and instead decide to like start a beauty shop which now i will tell you having just come home from the middle east this is and morocco is in africa so it's a little different but this is a sort of a thing there like small business owners being a small business owner being an entrepreneur it's 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 really an incredibly common thing it's more common than here where if you were just you know hanging out with your friends here and you said oh i'm gonna open up um you know a hair salon even though you're not a hairstylist or whatever they'd be like um and they think you were crazy but over there I, I i personally witnessed this with my own eyes it's much more common to just like open up a small business and and i kind understand of out of nowhere i and i can see that i definitely can see that but the issue is they never did yeah they never did so you have to wonder whether that six thousand dollars she supposedly gave him or invested in it ever even existed or if she gave it to him and it's gone and she's not going to even bother to explain that which is kind of crazy yeah it's almost like she's embarrassed you know like yeah i i feel like and she needs to watch the show if she hasn't like she's very childish i mean she she, she cannot is. she cannot seem to bring herself even as a mother to look at things from an adult perspective everything it's it's almost like watching an 11 year old and sort it's of sad in the situation she's, she's in yeah it's 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 like extra sad because she's a mom but i you know what i think i think if she wasn't a mom she would be less interesting to us do you know what i mean like in the sense that the stakes are so much higher because you have this like ridiculously cute little girl who's being taken along for the ride otherwise it would just be nicole nicole I mean- chasing this bodybuilder around morocco would we give a shit no no I we just, would literally just not care about her enough to watch her on our television screen you're right that's what i, I think but from like a human perspective oh of course like i fire. just want her mom to take custody of that but child. we all do that's exactly my point we are all sitting here on the edge of our seats because of may I May know. is the only reason any of us are watching Nicole and Asin. Otherwise, it would just be the old story. You know, maybe they would have lasted one season mm. and that would have been it. I mean, even even you have, you know, your Mohammed and your your Ugh. Danielle. I think yeah. one of the reasons that she was interesting to us was because she had children and you kept wondering how they were going to take it. And they were actually old enough to have opinions and they would give their opinions. And this I was and actually so. wondering how she got married and had three kids in the first place. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, I'm always interested in who their <laughs> like exes are. Oh, by the way, I heard that Abby, you know, of of uh, Haiti, ended up either marrying or like I think marrying a guy her own age. So that's possible. Oh, but I think God. he's American. I think he's American. That's okay. 
So I think she finally caught like a reasonable fish. Oh, that's good. That makes me happy. Um, yeah. So I just think Nicole and Ozan, I mean, I think she should just watch her seasons and watch her show because like, if you did, you would see very clearly that he has no interest in her. Zero. Less zero. zero. I mean, he just doesn't give a shit about her. I think the only reason he's still involved is because he feels bad for that poor kid. No, no, he's in it to get to America. That, that's my opinion. Oh, I mean, I think I think that he just doesn't have any prospects. There are easier ways. Are there? I mean, and Nicole's I mean, about as, as easy is, a target as there ever was. Yeah, but is she really the only option he has? That's why well, I think he's on like, TV now. It's not like he can go, you know, and, and, and do this just with some random person. Like, he, 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 to some extent, has hitched his wagon to her star. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's kind of like the Muhammad and Danielle thing. It's like, exactly. really, you couldn't have found anyone else more believable. Yeah, the Dan- yeah, I agree where they're just like, there's just such a mismatch I mean, that you on. don't you automatically don't believe in it, you know. But then also that's what's working in the men's favor in these situations that these women are so blown away and so grateful for the fact that these particular men are you know, at least alleging to be interested in them, that they're willing to throw all caution and common sense to the wind. You know, it's like, it's a chicken and egg thing. No, it's true. I agree. All right. So now how about Paula and Russ? Yeah, this one's sad for me because when I watch her talk about how she feels about her in-laws, I feel like she's speaking for a lot of people. Like she's, she's having just like a very common issue where even if she wasn't from sort of a different culture, even just being, you know, she's so much more outgoing and she's, it's not just that she's like posing in sexy clothes and doing these things. It's like, she is just so different from Russ yeah. and her and his parents just can't seem to accept her, you know, for her differences. And so I just feel really sorry for her. It's like, she had to move to Miami just to feel like, not like people were not shaming her on a daily basis. Yeah. And they've been married a long, they've been married for five they've years. They've been married a long time. They're yeah, I think they're in love. Boy. I, I think, think they'll love. I, you know, uh, yeah, I think they have a solid marriage, and it's just they, theirs is the classic ninety day fiance story of not the classic one in terms of the green card marriage, but the classic one in terms of, um, you know, they really just fell in love, and they are yeah. in fact from different cultures, and she ends up being a fish out of water, and all drama ensues, yada yada yada. Yeah, but I think for them, the two of them really do care about each other, and totally, it's very exciting that they are having. A baby boy. Yep, and... I'm super happy for them. Although I think Paula's gonna, I think Paula's gonna have some body image issues. She may, she may, because she's a model and she's so focused. And you and I have both been through this. We both had children. Mm-hmm. You know, it changes you. It changes your body, and you have to learn to accept. You know, your body post baby, basically. And if she really wants to still be a model, that could be tough. I agree with you. That that could be very tough. So it's like that much harder for her than for any of us. And it's hard for all of us. And I think they've had kind of a tough journey in their five years, but they've come out kind of swinging. Like they're now they're going to have this baby. They have this family. And I'm really hoping that when they do go to Oklahoma, that his parents step up. And well, they're just going for a one party. It's like, it's, it's not a big deal. Anybody no, can be cordial I, for three days. Well, but hopefully they make her feel supported. And that's really what she wants. I hope they do too. And you know, it's been a long time. And I have to say, I think they've all probably made a mistake here by not being willing to try enough. Like letting right. it letting it lie so fallow for so long, I think Although, kind of a problem. 
it does, but at the same time, maybe enough time has passed that they've realized mm-hmm. what they've done and yeah, everybody they've distanced wants... themselves. Right. And now there's going to be this grandchild that they mm-hmm. maybe need to step it up a bit because she's the mom. Exactly. You know, that's her baby. But that creates its whole own mess of issues of people not liking how their children or their children's spouses raise their grandchildren. Right. And uh, it's a real problem. I mean, can you imagine like the judgment? I think increases exponentially once, you know, I think people feel more justified in judging their daughters or sons-in-law when there are children in the picture. I think that that but, happens a lot. I do yeah, think happens that happens a lot. Um, I feel like, very... I don't think there's any way Paula could raise her child in Oklahoma. No. And not, and not be, and, and not be overwhelmed by criticism from her in-laws. I, that's, that's my belief. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, and that is why I live where I do. Although I can't say anything because my in my mother in law does not never would criticize my parenting, mm-hmm. um, and my parents would never criticize my husband's parenting. <laughs> they would criticize my parenting, <laughs> but they wouldn't criticize my husband. So as far as in laws go, I think we are both pretty lucky. But we That's also great. live. Um, you know, an hour and a half away from my family and several states away from his. And it seems to work really well for us. Um, And I don't know if that's part of it, but it it is hard. I can't imagine. I know my sister lives in a town with all, you know, both my sister and my brother-in-law live in town with their in-laws. And there's so much more tension and stuff that happens because of that. Yeah, it's complicated. I, I often I know, wonder because I, I live, I live, you know, with my my parents and my in laws in very close proximity, yeah. and we spend a lot of time with them. And there's so much benefit, you know, because my kids, oh, for sure, get to not just be with their both sets of grandparents, but they get to be with like countless cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention this like whole clatch of like old Lebanese ladies who are like smothering them with attention and love and all these things but then of course it's also there's there's complicating factors that go with that so I think that there's two there's always two sides of the coin and I don't think there is a right or wrong way like in terms of living near or living far unless you unless you have actual toxicity right then I I think there has to be that like geographical boundary and that's what I say about Paola because I really believe just just give you know and again we didn't quite get enough to judge on I think and maybe the editors did his parents dirty on it. You know, this was a long time ago. We don't really know how this would go nowadays, but it certainly did not look good. And I, no. it, it looks like they really did need that space. And what's more important is how she feels. And, you know, they, what they could be doing may seem very minor and tolerable to us, but for her, it could feel very oppressive. And she said she was very depressed you exactly. know, I mean, she I think to, she was. I think she's being yeah, honest about that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think she needs to, that's why she needs to leave. So I, I think for her, it is important for them to have that distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so the show kind of intertwines some other, like it goes back to Jay and Ashley, which I don't give a fuck about them right now. No, I don't And either. it goes back to Chantal and Pedro and I don't care about them. Um, it goes to Larissa and Colt again. And the only thing I'll say about this is this is where we learned that Larissa flushed her wedding rings down the toilet. Yeah, I mean, come on. What are we for? And Debbie is pissed. Yeah. And Colt is still, again, very calm and has absolutely no affect. 
Well, Colt already knew that this had happened, by the way. So Colt was telling his mother for the first time. But Colt, you know, Colt could have conceivably gotten really mad at the time and then cooled off. I mean, we'll never know. Yeah. It's just weird. He's just weird. Um, Anyway, okay. So then we go to Andre and Elizabeth. Yeah, they did some rough cuts on them of him, like, you know, being very controlling and intense. But I think that, I think it's crap. I think that I'm sure he has this, this way of thinking but she's clearly a strong enough person that she's not she's not going to let him walk all over her so and, I, I kind of I think they need to let that storyline go and her and, parents and her whole family is just overly involved yeah I mean this is why they've been married a year and now she found out she's four months pregnant um she's the baby of the family so of that's course the problem they yeah. all feel like they're entitled to give her their advice and opinions and can do whatever they want and she has and they're to listen wrong. to them. They're and really wrong. Yeah. They're going to alienate her and her husband and her kids. Because the reality is, if it works for her, then you just have to keep your mouth shut and let it work for her. And look, there's a difference between not agreeing with your sister's choices and believing your sister is actually in danger. She's not and in any danger. That, that's the thing. So they need to shut up. Yeah, there's no, there is no, I've not seen any situation in which I felt like he's going to harm her. I think it's very clear that she's able to kind of deal with him the way she needs to. And she accepts the life that she has with him. I think what's going to be hard is what he said. And I do agree that like the dad is letting them live in this house rent free. And he's afraid it's going to come back to bite him because the Which dad's going to feel like well yeah you owe me now or I have control and that always is the case I mean 100% I always have felt that way like if if somebody is paying for your kids education for you or your your you know you have in-laws or parents that are paying buy you a house or they buy you a car or they buy you something they're going to have a little bit more control over your life or they're going to have they're going to feel they have license to give you opinions about your choices and your life. And I and... really don't understand that. I, I, I keep hoping that when I'm hopefully one day someone's mother-in-law that I um, have, you know, the wherewithal to not do stuff like that because <laughs> it's but, never welcome. <laughs> no, but it's because we're working on it now. Like I could, env- I mean, I hope I am not like that either, but I can envision if my dad bought us this house you know, that we're living in and remodeling right now, that he would feel very comfortable walking around and sharing his opinion about what we should and shouldn't do with it. I mean, I don't think that's good. I think that's really not correct. I don't because then it's not a gift. I don't think it's correct at all. But I don't. But I still think that that's the mentality. Oh, Um, completely, completely agree. And I think it's good that you're able to play devil's advocate like that, because I get so irritated at the outset by this idea um, that yeah. I, I tend to like vilify the parents a little bit. Yeah. If you, if you're going to give something to somebody, you got to give it to them and then walk away and let no them strings, do baby. whatever they're going to do with it. They do with it. Otherwise let it be clear that you're giving it to them with all of these strings attached. And then they have to deal with that. Agreed. All right. Uh, but family is hard. And I think Andre and her family have very strong personalities. And so, you know, it is what it is, but I really hope, I really have um, hope for them because I actually like them. Oh, I totally have hope for them. I mean, I think they're totally going to make it. And you know what's interesting too is Andre has some growing up to do as far as the way that he relates to his wife. He is right. sort of this kind of 
Neanderthal. controlling Neanderthal. <laughs> and so it could actually be that her family being overly involved to sort of the inappropriate degree that they are is just going to help him along this process that was already inevitable. In other words, they have a strong, strong enough foundation that they're going to withstand this meddling. And in fact, the meddling may work to like smooth some edges that otherwise they would have had to smooth in each other over a much longer period of time with a whole bunch of resentment, you know, Mm -hmm. at least now they can kind of blame the family, you know, for these, these things that were probably inevitable, you know, these things that were going to have to get worked out. Right. And it's interesting that he wants to be a truck driver. Well, I mean, I don't know what he did in Moldova. Well, he was a bouncer. Right. So to me, it says that he doesn't have very much education or very many, very many skills. But he went to the school for truck driving. It's something he can do, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's something I think that truck drivers make a lot of money. I think they do too, but I also think because, you know, in my mother's group on Facebook, there's a lot of women whose husbands, not a lot of women, but there's enough women on there whose husbands are truck drivers that I've gotten a pretty good feel for what that's like for the wife and especially when there are kids. And it's constantly this thing, this complaint of like, oh, I feel like a single mom, you know, my husband's on long haul <coughs> truck things. And so, you know, which he's is not why, and- which is why I think it actually will work really well for this particular couple. Because he's going to be gone so much and she's going to really need her sisters and her family and they're going to be there to help her. And he's really not going to be able to say anything about it because he won't be around. So I I think it will totally work for them. He doesn't need to be around the siblings and the sisters and the the family because he's going to be, you know, driving and doing that. And then when he comes home, they'll have family time together and then he'll go away again and then she'll go back to, you know, having her sister's help. So I actually think that for this particular family, it actually works really well. It's like she has two separate relationships in, in very divided lives. You know, it's like her life with her husband and her child. And then she'll have her life with her family and her child. Mm-hmm. So I think, you're right. I think it could actually work out really well for this particular couple. I hope so. I, I certainly have hope for them. I'm excited for them. I'm happy to watch them. You know, it's like a reasonably hopeful, you know, viewing experience. It's not as depressing. The problems that yeah. they have are actually kind of funny. Like, they're not, like, super dark. Yeah. No, I, I, I really like them. Um, I have hope for them and Russ and Pow. And I, yeah, thought it, same. I, I thought it was very cute how Russell was like, uh, or Russ, I I don't know why I just called him Russell. Um, how Russ is like, I want our baby to have a name that they can say in English and Spanish. And I thought that was really sweet and cute. That I totally agree. I think that they're like working really well with their differences. Yeah. And he clearly is obsessed with her. And she loves him. And you, you don't yeah. really know why she loves him. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I mean, she does. One thing you can say is that he's a little bit different because I think it's interesting when people who are from, and, and it was the same thing with um, Karimi, where she was like, oh, I like him because he has blonde hair and blue eyes. And it's, it's even though we think Paul is like, you know, not a very attractive man, to put it, <laughs> to put it lightly, Mild, but yeah. you know, but to like, but, to, but just to have him look so different from everybody else. Because one thing that I, and again, I'll just keep, I'll probably just keep referring back to my trip to Lebanon because it was so fascinating. But one of the things I noticed in Lebanon was how homogenous the society was. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like walking around Oakland, which is where I'm, you know, where I live, where, you know, I see people of all different races, ethnicities, nationalities, all different languages, all just like so much diversity in Lebanon, you know, I would be walking around and it would just be Middle Eastern people. I mean, mostly Lebanese people and then some Syrian people and, you know, but it was, it was shocking how much I stuck out as a Caucasian person. Mm-hmm. It felt to me, I mean, people could just tell automatically that I, I was not from there and they would speak English to me, even though, you know, to anyone else, they would have been speaking French or Arabic or whatever. Um, and so it could be this thing where POW being from Colombia, you know, there's a certain look and then right. Russ is like the opposite of that look. So it's attractive to her just for, for the sheer, you know, uniqueness of it. And she has more than enough passion in, in her yeah. the, for both of them, you know. Her, cu- her cup this, runneth over. Yeah, he's kind of this quiet, shy. He's kind of a wet blanket. He is. And he's also very, like, I think he's very sweet. And I, I do think he loves her very much. But, like, when she was going through the miscarriage, which was very, very hard. I think he a was lot so of bloodless. But I think a lot of men struggle with how mm-hmm. how to deal with their own grief how do and we then, vote? And then how to deal with the grief that your spouse is feeling, which is going to totally. be different. You know, they're hopeless at it. I think as a general rule, they're just hopeless yeah. at dealing with. They don't know emotions. how to, to do it. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm-mm. So you know, she was like, "I felt so unsupported, and you didn't even ask me how I was doing or anything." And I, I honestly think that he just didn't know what to say. I don't think it was him being an asshole. I think he just really didn't know. I felt sorry for both of them in that situation. I did too. He was actually incapable of giving her what she needed. It wasn't that he was unwilling. And for her, you know, she doesn't know that. She thinks maybe he was holding back or whatever. And so I felt sorry for him as well because, you know, she because she didn't get support and he because I'm sure he was very upset that she even suspected him of sort of really failing her on purpose. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that was really hard. I mean, miscarriage, any kind of fertility related issue is just devastating for people. And it's so difficult because the the woman or the person carrying the child or that's supposed to carry the child or, you know, wants to carry the child. It's such a different experience for that person than for the other person. Yeah. And it's hard to relate to either person when you're going through it, you know. I totally agree. Um, okay, so this the episode ended with Larissa being super shady. And uh, it was Colt and Larissa. It ends on them where Larissa like kind of like leaves the house after blowing up on everybody. And I, I find it so gross. I don't know. Like every time, like there's clearly issues between Larissa and Colt. Like they clearly are not communicating. Mm-hmm. They're not together. They're just, they don't like each other. But They're eating every- minute steaks together though. Yeah. But every time he sees her, he's like, oh, I'm so glad you got your appetite back, honey. What is it with those steaks? So, the steaks? It reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite. It was the steaks. And then it's just like the, the, um, the, like the nicknames, like the, Honey, where are you going, sweetie? Yeah, it's very disingenuous. It's so gross. I can't even. So he asks her where she's going and she leaves the house. And then she's very, very shady because she like goes into the producer's van and is basically like, I feel really scared. And I'm only saying this because I I don't want them to hear. So, you know, it's like some such bullshit drummed up drama that she's going to like make up and 
because Completely. I'm sorry, Colt is many things, but dangerous. Yeah, he is not. Maybe one of the cats. <laughs> she has cat scratch fever. Maybe, maybe, maybe a uh, sugar is a uh, or cookie dough is a uh, going it is attacking her or something. Yeah, I had no, I had, I didn't even have like a moment's sort of rise of my blood pressure from no. that ride. Oh, Literally, I, I gave it not one bit of sort of love. I was like, no. there's no way this is anything. I'm not, it was not even a cliffhanger. It was just stupid. Yeah, it was totally ridiculous. And everybody thought that too of the people that were watching it. They're like, that looks like a producer man. I'm like, it is. Totally. Oh. Well, I, for one, am very excited for next week's episode i'm so excited and by the way i'm watching all these like because there because there's also a 90 day what now or whatever like the the kind of really cheesy i think it's only on the app maybe Uh where they're going back and they're looking at like all the couples and you know and so i'm i'm like still going through because there's so much material i'm still going through the the like update um episodes for all of those people so hopefully you know, if we, as we watch them, as we catch up, maybe we'll have thoughts on that going forward. That sounds good to me. Yeah, but I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to talk to you. You and I obviously need to get together offline. Oh, for sure. For sure. And trade, trade, travel with children, horror stories. Yeah. Hey, are you um, going to, are you around on Saturday morning for breakfast? I think so. Actually, well, we will just I'll, I'll call you. Yeah, my, we just have June because you just have June. Oh, because Olivia's on the trip. She's going camping. Well, what we might do is actually have you over here because I was going to make bagels on Saturday morning. Okay. Well, yes, we'll talk offline. I'm sure all of you listening don't really give a shit whether or not we're going to have breakfast on Saturday. I make really <laughs> good actual like real New York bagels, though. Oh, my God. So... You make really good everything. Feel free to make comments, people, in, on our page on Facebook if you are, you know, interested in, if you live in Northern California and you're interested in some homemade New York style bagels, because I've got the hook up. <laughs> All right, guys. So till next week, keep watching and we'll be back. Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer. This is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.